0: Welcome to The Flatline with your host, Rick Hughes. For the next 30 minutes, you'll be inspired, motivated, educated, but never manipulated. Now your host, Rick Hughes. Good morning and welcome to The Flatline. I am your host, Rick Hughes, and for the next few minutes, I'd like to give you an invitation to please stay tuned and listen. Stay tuned for just a few minutes. A few minutes of motivation, some inspiration, some education, And uh, no manipulation, no solicitation, just information. Information that is designed to help you verify and identify the plan of God for your life. And if you're able to do that, then you have the freedom, you have the privacy to orient and adjust to the plan. That's really up to you. But uh, my show, The Line, is a show about giving you some accurate information in regards to the Christian life and how you live the Christian life and to introduce you to the Christian life. You know, it all starts with the good news that Christ Jesus, the anointed son of God, redeemed all of us out of the slave market of sin. And so our debt to God has been paid and we are now free of the penalty of death and uh, of the power of sin if we wanna live by God's plan. If you receive Christ as your savior, like I've done and millions before me have done, then you in effect are accepting the offering that he made on your behalf. It's always a free gift from the compliments of God. That's why the Bible says in Ephesians 2, 8, and 9, you are saved by grace and through faith and that not of yourselves, it's a gift of God. No works, lest any man would brag about it. And Titus repeats it in Titus 3, 5 and 7, not by works of righteousness, which we've done, but according to his mercy, he saved us by the washing of regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Spirit which he shed on us abundantly through Jesus Christ our Lord, so that being justified by his grace, there it is again, we would be made heirs according to the confidence of eternal life. So it all starts with the greatest decision any human being could ever make, and that's the decision to believe in Christ as Savior. Why is that important? Because the Bible says if any man's in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things are passed away and all things become new. All things become new. You can start a new life today. In spite of the mistakes, in spite of the problems, in spite of the difficulties, you can begin over today. That's the most wonderful thing in the world, to know when you go to bed at night that you have a clean, fresh slate with God. And you have the privilege of building on that a new life in Christ Jesus. Now, I'd like to talk to you today about something that I've taught many years ago uh, and to a big meeting uh, with administrators, educational people that I was talking with. And this is uh, still a topic that's true today. I try not to get into politics on this show, and this is not going to be very political, but there are some things that I need to say in regards to America, a dying nation. It doesn't take a genius to see that we are split, torn apart at the seams, it doesn't take a genius to see the trouble that lies ahead if we continue to go down the road we're going down of hatred, bitterness, and animosity towards one another. And in the middle of the political spectrum, there's all of this partisanship, and America is actually a torn country. And Proverbs two twenty-three verse 7, Proverbs 23, verse 7 tells us, as a man thinks in his heart, so he is. Proverbs twenty seven nineteen the heart of the man reflects the real man. And Jeremiah seventeen nine says our heart is deceitful about all things. So it's a heart problem in America, a serious heart problem we have in America. Not where we need a doctor, but we need we need the Lord Jesus Christ to change our hearts. You know, a nation is only as great as the virtue of its people and the integrity of the ones that govern the people. Uh, Margaret Thatcher, the famous British ruler from Prime Minister of Britain from 79 to 90 said this. She said, history taught us that freedom cannot long survive unless it's based on moral foundations. And then John Adams, the second president of the United States said these words, our constitution is designed for a moral and religious people It is wholly inadequate for the government of any other type. And quoting Martin Luther, the great German theologian concerning schools in Germany, he said these words, I fear that our schools would become the gates to hell if we take God out of them. Somebody said concerning the recent school shootings, where was God? And the answer was obvious. We kicked him out a long time ago. We told him he's not welcome in our public schools. What do we think is going to happen? In 1993, many, many, many years ago, there was a leading cultural um, uh, indicator of what's going on in this country Uh, put together by William Bennett at the Heritage Foundation, and he said since the 60s, the population has increased probably almost 50% by this time. It was 41% in those days. The uh, gross domestic product has tripled more than that now, and total social spending on all levels of government rose from about 142 billion to 787 billion fivefold and that was in 93. I don't really know what it is today, but it hasn't gone down. But here's the shocking thing. During the same 30-year period from 60 to 93, crime increased over 500%, violent crime there was more than a 400% increase in illegitimate births. There was a quadrupling of divorce, and there were 200% increase in teenage suicide. More than that today, a 75% drop in SAT scores. And today, he said 30% of all births are illegitimate, And, and that was in 93. I think it's even more than that today from the latest figures that I've seen. So we are the best in the world, correct? I mean, isn't America the greatest country in the world? Well, sure, we are tops in abortion, tops in divorce, tops in unwed births, and we're near the bottom in elementary and secondary achievement scores. So yeah, we're we're first in a lot of things that aren't very nice. Again, William Bennett said, there's a coarseness and a callousness and a cynicism, a banality, and a vulgarity to our times, and worst of all, it has to do with our children, and since social media has come along, uh, it's out of control. It's unbelievable the way Satan has been able to manipulate Americans, manipulate moms and dads to allow their children to get involved in social media, and uh, they can find anything at any time of the day, anywhere, anytime. You know, we've lost our gratitude in America. We've become so occupied with our personal success— You know, sometimes we give a token response to God, like the nod to God crowd, you know, hello, God, goodbye, God. we will see you next Sunday, God. I hope you enjoyed my 10%, that sort of stuff. This attitude of gratitude is not there, and it doesn't really cause most Americans any concern about what's going on. I mean, who's to blame for this sort of trend, this preoccupation with the gifts and the slandering of the giver? Well, is it the liberal laws of our land? Is it the politicians? Oh, I know, someone said, it's the music and the entertainment industry. Other people may tell you it's drugs and and alcohol, and, and someone else may say, well, it's all the abundant materialism in America. Well, the solution is much simpler than those things. And the problem is we have failed to execute the mandates of God. That's the problem. In Hosea chapter 4, 1 through 6, a dying nation's condemnation is given by the prophet Hosea that says, there's a lack of knowledge of God in the land. And that's what's happening in America today. The spiritual life is not explained, and it's not exploited by people in the pulpit, and it's not executed by moms and dads. In Hosea 4, 1 through 6, no one's hungry. They are all full, full of prosperity, living the good life concentrating on the gifts, not the giver. That's what's happening in America. We're distracted by all of our prosperity. And uh, there may be a short-term acknowledgement of God and temporary appreciation, but there's no love affair with God nor his word. That's the critical thing. Too much ritual, not enough reality. Let me be the first to tell you that ritual without reality is totally meaningless. There's an absence of zeal for things of god there's a complete lack of exploitation of the spiritual life in this country you know when the late novelist walker percy asked what was concerning him most about the future of this country he said these words probably the fear of seeing america with all of its great strength and beauty and freedom gradually subside into decay through default and be defeated not by the communist, not by anything like that, but from within, by weariness, boredom, cynicism, greed, and in the end, helplessness before its great problems that will consume it. Again, Bennett said, William Bennett, Secretary of Education from 85 to 89, what affects us most is corruption of the heart, turning away in the soul, Our aspirations, our affections, and our desires are turned towards the wrong things. And only when we turn them towards the right things, towards the enduring things, noble things, spiritual things, will we get any better as a nation. Revelation 3.15, God put these words, I know thy works, and you are neither hot, and you're not cold. Since you're just lukewarm, I will spew you out of my mouth. In Revelation 2-4, you left your first love. Micah writes in Micah 3-4, then they shall cry unto the Lord and he won't hear them. He will hide his face from them at that time as they have behaved ill in their doings. There will come a time in America when we're going to need him and no one is going to get an answer to that prayer. David A. Clark was named a Sheriff of the Year in 2013 and the law enforcement leader of the year in 2016. A pretty amazing individual. This is what he says about America. And he talks about uh, children and marriages and homes in an article that I just was sent. That article was published under the special report called Changing the Culture is a Matter of Faith, not Politics. And that's what we need to change the culture in America. And this is what Sheriff Clark says. Proverbs 3, 5 through 6 explains how life is made easier by trusting God instead of trusting in your emotions. Here's what it says. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lead to your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge him and he will make straight your path. Sheriff Clark said, believe me, in all my years of law enforcement, the people I've encountered would benefit from listening to some biblical wisdom especially as it pertains to marriage. He said one in eight children with two married parents lives below the poverty line, compared to five out of 10 who live with just a single mom. So Sheriff Clark said the government can't fix what's wrong with us as human beings. Uh, We need a spiritual solution. As poor, less educated Americans turn their back on faith at a far greater rate than the wealthy, educated Americans, and the culture begins to split wide open. In this nation, those who work hard, finish school, get married, stay married, are very rarely poor. But food stamps, Medicaid, soup kitchens, good intentions, or even hundreds of billions of dollars of government money cannot raise the people out of poverty. It's time politicians acknowledge, he said, the limitation of government and the role of religion. Very true, and I agree with that. Except our politicians are never going to acknowledge that because they've been intimidated by the anti-God society, the Freedom From Religion Foundation that sues any time anybody in a government office or any place of responsibility, from the military to the police department, take a stand for Jesus Christ, put a Bible on their car, on their desk, put a We Believe in God, We Trust sticker on their car, there's a lawsuit coming down the pipe and especially if a teacher were to read the Bible to the students or the teacher were to talk about God to the students. My wife was a teacher for many years and retired as a teacher and was told by the administration that if, if she brought up anything about God to the students or talked about God to the students that she could be dismissed. What are some of the indications of a nation that's dying? Well, here's one, crisis in government and unrestrained lawlessness, unrestrained lawlessness. There are certain parts of cities that I've been in that you cannot even go in alone. In America today, we are a third world nation in some cities, there, and I, I've been in parts of Houston, I've been in cities in Louisiana and Alabama, I've ridden with police officers and seen it for myself. People walking around at two and three o'clock in the morning, pushing babies and carriages. I'm asking the police officer, when do they go to bed? His answer to me was, they just got up. He said, you can come down here in the morning at 10 o'clock, you won't see a soul. They're up all night and sleep all day. Unrestrained lawlessness. The things that I saw that night were amazing. There's a crisis in government. There's a split in government. There's a hatred. There's a vilification, slander, lying. It's unbelievable. People trying to regain the power that they've lost. We have an undisciplined economy where credit cards are consuming us, swallowing us up whole. We we sink ourselves into credit card debt. That's an indication of a dying nation. I hear ads constantly on the radio, and you know this as well as I know this, where the advertiser says it's not your fault that you have all that credit card debt. Uh, They take advantage of you, so call us, and we'll help you get rid of your debt, and you don't even have to pay it all back, and that's a lie. You do have to pay it all back. The rise of bureaucracy, which is government interference, the decline in education, where average SAT scores and ACT scores are, are many, many points lower than they used to be. Our cultural foundation has weakened in America so that everything that used to be good in this country is now evil, and everything that used to be evil is now being turned to good. My own pastor made that point very clear to me. All that used to be evil is now good, and all that used to be good is now evil. And you can look at the trends of history, and you can see it. The respect for tradition begins to die off in a dying country. No longer do we respect the service of our military members. No longer do we, we, we respect Easter or Christmas or anything like that. Traditions that made America great begins to go by the side. Cultural foundations weaken. Respect for tradition dies. Materialism increases. You know, the strange thing about it is unhappy people take their unhappiness with them wherever they go. You can't avoid it. You know why you're unhappy? Because you haven't learned the secret to happiness. You know, our Lord told the disciples in John 15, My joy I give to you, so that your joy may be full. There was never a day in the life of our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, that he was unhappy. He had adversity every day. He had conflict every day. But he was always happy. And the disciples had to learn how to have happiness in the middle of adversity. Paul wrote about the secret to contentment. He said, I've... Whether I got a lot or whether I got a little, it doesn't really make any difference. That's not the secret to happiness, not not uh, things that you have or don't have. The real secret to happiness is, as uh, Luke 11, 27, 28 says, happiness belongs to people who hear my Father's word and keep it. That's the secret to happiness. Growing in the grace and the knowledge of your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Jesus said in John 15, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, then you can have some great happiness. But we've ignored that. We're not interested in that. Even our churches have become little brief sessions, a lot of singing, a lot of emotion, and a little bit of teaching. And unless we get back to teaching the mechanics of the plan of God, and unless we're able to expose our children to the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ, and give them the guidelines that God sets forth in the Bible concerning marriage, family, nationalism, freedom, it doesn't take a genius to see we're losing the country. America is in great trouble. You may have heard me say on this radio show before, there's a train wreck coming and, and I can hear the whistle blowing already. What can you do to change it? You can become a spiritually mature believer You can grow in the grace and knowledge of your Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and you can be part of the solution with an invisible impact, an historical impact in this nation. As a member of the pivot, you can deliver us in times of disaster. God is looking for a few good men. Always I think about the passage in Ezekiel where he said, I look for somebody to stand in the gap and make up the hedge before the people and I could not even find one. Can our God count on you to make up the gap? Can he count on you to stand in the hedge and defend him, stand for his word, live by his principles, grow in grace? You know, immorality increasing is another indication of a dying nation. Immorality is rampant today. Rampant. You don't need me to go into what all it is, but you can read it for yourself in Ephesians 5. It's rampant and... Uh, It's not endorsed by God. It's used by Satan to lure our young people into a life of sin and bondage. Immorality increases. Yes, human life begins to be devaluated in a nation that's dying. And today there are groups of criminals within this country who are initiated by a one sucker knockout punch or a one shot kill just to prove that they have what it takes to be a member of the gang. It's nothing for someone to be shot, to be murdered, to be pounced upon or to be beat in some places, major cities or not so major cities, just so someone can prove that they are worthy to be in a particular gang. And the value of human life is devaluated. People are murdered and folks laugh about it. People are murdered and their cars are stolen and they're shot and they're robbed and and the criminal laughs about it because most of the time even if he's caught he gets away with it a lot of the time because there's not any room to put him in the jail it's a crazy life because our jails are packed full and you know here's another sign is the military gets begins to be dismantled politicians complain about spending too much money on the military and not enough money on the social programs and of course they want more money to go to the social programs, so those who receive the social programs will vote for them. That's how they maintain their power. They need more people to vote for them. They don't really care about those people. They only care about themselves, and they care about the power they possess and the money they possess. But in order to manipulate the, uh, the uh, voters, they, they must use uh, these things as bait in their life. And so they oppose the buildup of the military. I thank the Lord we have a president that's working towards building our military up today. We are the most unique nation in the history of the world. We are the most unique species in the history of the world. Who is? Christians. We live a unique lifestyle. It's not a normal lifestyle. We actually have the ability to live a life without worry, without fear, without uh, intimidation, we can live like that. The Christian life is the life that our Savior, Jesus Christ, bequeathed to us. He gave it to us. He lived it. He demonstrated it. And he passed it on to us. And he told us that the Holy Spirit would come and he would teach us and lead us. And as you grow in grace by doing what the Bible tells you to do, study to show thyself approved unto God. A workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth, As the Bible says, grow in the grace and the knowledge of your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. As the Bible says, take my yoke and learn of me. As you grow, as you study, as you learn, and your whole self is changed, you begin to have new goals, new aspirations. You think different. You begin to be oriented to what we call divine viewpoint thinking, thinking with the mind of Christ as Philippians 2, 5 instructs you to do. Let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus. And so you've changed. You're different. You've accepted Christ. You're growing in grace. Your whole attitude is changing, and you're being challenged at every place, every corner, every time you turn the street, you're challenged. Satan's well aware of you. He's well aware of your potential. He's well aware of your growth assets. And he will do anything he can to distract you. But again, I remind you, you are the solution to what's going on in this nation. Your spiritual life will deliver us, or your lack of spiritual life means that you will not be a member of the pivot. You will not be a member of that group of individuals that sustains this nation. You will have no historical impact and no invisible impact. You will not live the professional spiritual life as you should. Yes, we have the most unique assets through the Bible. We have the filling of the Holy Spirit. We have the canon of Scripture that's alive. The Word of God is alive and powerful, sharper than a two-edged sword. We have qualified men who are pastors that have been given the gift if they will use it and study and prepare and teach. We have a unique lifestyle where we don't have to have any stress, where we have a great virtue in our soul. By means of grace orientation, we treat people in grace and biblical orientation. We use the word of God in our soul. These are problem-solving devices. We have a unique set of problems, yes, but we have wonderful problem-solving devices. That's what the Flatline is, teaching you God's problem-solving devices so that you can, in fact, live this most wonderful life using the problem-solving devices, replicating the life of Christ, representing Christ to your friends, to your neighbors, and glorifying God with every thought, every decision, every action that you take. That's what God's looking for. A few good men or women. That's what God's looking for. Because without that, you can kiss this nation goodbye. It's obvious we're on the way out. And there will come a time when we will plea and cry for God to help us, and he won't hear us. Proverbs 1, 2, you can read those two verse, two chapters and see it for yourself. It's going to come, and now is the time for us to change. Now is the time for us to repent or change our mind and get back to the good things that established this nation to begin with. It's my prayer that you're listening. It's my prayer that you're paying attention I ask you to pray for this great nation, to pray for our president and for our leaders, to pray for our governors, to pray for our teachers, pray that God would spare us before we destroy ourselves as we ignore his word, as we ignore his plan, as we wander down the my way highway, and it is a dead end for sure. We are a dying nation. I've demonstrated that to you here. I hope you're listening, and I hope you're paying attention. Until next week, this is your host, Rick Hughes, saying thank you for joining me today, and thank you for listening to The Floodline. Thank you for listening to The Floodline with your host, Rick Hughes. If you'd like to contact Rick, please write to him at P.O. Box 100, Cropwell, Alabama, 35054 or online at www.rickhughesministries.org.